Amen. Well, hey, uh, as, uh, as you guys get comfortable in your seats, our volunteers are coming forward to, to take the, uh, the offering of soup. If you have something to give, go ahead and drop it in there um, as those come around. Um, and so uh, today we wrap up a series we've been looking at for since the beginning of the year, really. Uh, today we're going to wrap up the mirror. And as we, we look back to the, the, the past few months, uh, working through this, this series and working through the book of James, uh, I, it's my hope that, that, like myself, you can identify some areas of your life where you go, man, I need, to, I need to focus on these things. I need to spend more attention here. I know what I need to do, and it's my hope that now you're beginning to do that. Because even though as this series wraps up, my hope is that you guys continue to look into, into God's word, the mirror that James speaks of. It's my hope that you continue to look into it and you continue to utilize it to, to make your pursuit of Jesus a greater pursuit and you can see the things in your life um, are, are a direct blessing uh, from God because of the obedience that you have, have, you have displayed in your walk and relationship with Jesus. And so um, today as we wrap up, uh, we're going we're gonna to skip ahead a little bit further from where Marshall left off last week. And so we're going to jump into chapter 5. It's the last section, the prayer of faith. And this is James chapter 5, verse 13 through 20. So go ahead and flip there um, or follow along on the screens to James chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. And this is what it says. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. James wraps up his, his letter by saying this. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Man, that's our prayer this morning, so let's pray together. Father God, um, God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth that it shows us, the, 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 the correction that it shows us in our lives, the direction that we need to go. And it's my prayer, Father, that as we, as we work through this, Father, I pray that you would, um, that you would take my garbage that I, that, I, that I speak out. In midair, your spirit would change it, uh, would morph it and present it to the ears of your followers and the people that you love in a way that they can, they can do something with it. Father, I'm grateful for your spirit, the work that, that he does in our lives and in our environments and in our community. It's my prayer, Father, that your spirit would be active uh, today. God, uh, allow us to experience you this morning. In your name we pray, amen. <clears throat> so uh, real quick, just to, to catch up ground. So like I said, last week Marshall wrapped up um, at the, halfway through chapter four. And so real quick, just, just quick going over, boasting about tomorrow. So essentially what this is, what, what James is saying here to catch us up to where we are today. He says, don't boast about tomorrow. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. The things that we make plans for, we're not guaranteed those things. But what we need to do is trust in God and rely on him 
to take us to tomorrow. And when he gives us tomorrow, we know what to do with it at that moment. And then it says a warning to the rich. Essentially, it's, it's, a, it's a warning we hear a lot of times in God's word that, that a lot of times we can be so consumed with riches and with, with, with fame and all these different things um, that come along with, with money and fortune that we begin to put all of our hope and our faith there. And that is a, that is a scary place to be is what James is saying. And so don't put, you know, if you find yourself down the road where you're like, man, God has blessed me in an incredible way, understand that it has been God that has given that to you. And don't allow that to become a crutch that you lean on and say, hey, you know what? I'm not leaning on God quite as much because I've got this, this financial support behind me. So that's what that is. And then the last part is patience and suffering. And this really looks back to what we talked about at the beginning of this series. You know, there are times where we're going to suffer, where life is going to be really difficult, uh, where things come up and it's just downright hard. And what we need to do is in those moments, we need to be patient. We need to, we need to say, hey, God, you know what? Don't deliver me from this. Deliver me through this. Walk beside me through these situations, and I know that your plan is great, and so help me to be patient when I'm experiencing affliction and I'm experiencing suffering. And so that's what brings us up to today. And it brings, up, brings me up to this week. Um, and the, this week has been the, 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 the icing on the cake for me of 2018, and we're not even a third of the way, a fourth of the way through it. Uh, but this week has just been a, a tough week for me. I've, I was out of the office a few days because uh, Finley was sick, and so I stayed home with her, and so it just left me, left me short on my week. And there's just, as I look around at, our, at what's going on, I, I called one of my good friends. For those of you who are at All In, Brandon, who spoke, I gave him a call, um, and I said to him this week, I go, man, this is, this is tough. Why, why did you encourage me to get into ministry? Because it's hard. You know, I always make a joke um, that the reason I got into ministry is because it's easy and it pays well. Um, and if you know anything about ministry, it's not that at all. But I make this joke. And so I called Brandon and I go, hey, man, can you, just, can you just coach me through this season of ministry, this season of life that I'm in as I'm engaging with students and as I get to, to do life with you guys, it's just hard. You know, just this year, as we look at it, for whatever reason, 2018 started with a bang, um, and it has been hard. I mean, it started with, with Tide Pods. Like, that was the biggest problem of 2018 right at the beginning. Like, you guys, hopefully not, but, like, your peers were eating Tide Pods. Like, in that, like I wish we could go back to Tide Pods. Like, I wish I could look back and be like, our greatest problem is our students are eating detergent. You know what I mean? But quickly, that was not the situation. There was a lot of craziness happening, um, collectively, but individually as well. So as I'm going through this week, it's just, it's just a tough week. And Brandon, as I was speaking to him, he, 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 he said something, and I go, man, that's really good stuff. And I knew there was scripture. And so my, my um, non-memorization self, I, I searched it real quick. I said, hey, where did this come from? And he didn't know what we're teaching. It came from this section right here. In that moment for me, that's the spirit speaking to me and saying, Ryan, I'm going before you. I'm going ahead of you. I know what's coming up. There's nothing that surprises me. And, and it came from it. And, and I just, it's, it's one of those moments where I just love what we get to do together. Every single week, the interaction we get to have personally and collectively as a community, I love it deeply. I love walking with you guys through your mess 
I love that we get to do that together. I love to walk through you guys, walk with and through with you guys when you find out you got into that school that you've been praying about. I love when some of you come in and you go, hey, Ryan, hey, you know, hey, just want to let you know this week the game didn't turn out quite as well, but hey, we're looking forward to next season. Or you come in and you say, hey, you won't believe what happened in this and that. And I love that we get to do life together through the thick and the thin. And that's what Jesus has called us to do as the body of Christ, to do life together. And so I'm thinking through this with Brandon, and I'm like, man, this is really hard. Like, there are these seasons in my life, there are these seasons in my life where I find myself saying, man, I don't want to do this. I don't want to have that conversation. I don't want to go do that thing. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to because it's hard, because it's uncomfortable, because it's a, 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 a painful interaction and conversation. I'll never forget, a few years ago, I had, I had a student who was just engaging in behavior that just wasn't appropriate. <clears throat> he was asking girls at school, I heard through the grapevine, that he was asking girls from school for nudes. And so I go, man, I don't want to have this conversation today. Like, I was not looking to the, like, when I planned out my week, it did not say, hey, I'm going to meet this student to talk about this thing that's going to be, like, really difficult. And so he and I met, and, and, and we're sitting in a, in a McDonald's, and he, you know, I can't, you know it's, it's not like I'm going to say, hey, when we get there, I want to talk about this, because they'll be like, I'm never meeting with you. And so we get there, and we start talking. I'm like, so how's life going, man? He's like, it's going well. And I, I go, hey, hey, buddy, you know I love you, right? He goes, yeah, Ryan, I do. So I got something that's going to be hard for me to ask and harder for you to answer. But I want you to be honest with me. He goes, okay, I can do that. And I asked him, I said, hey, I've heard these things. Is this true? He goes, yeah, it is. And so at that moment, uh, it, it got real. And I'll never forget, as I, drove, as I drove to that meeting, there was this feeling in the pit of my stomach like I was going to get in trouble. Like this is not something, I had to continue to remind myself, Ryan, you're not getting in trouble for this. But as I got there, and so it, was, it came to this point where I, <clears throat> I said, hey, buddy, I love you. And so now we need to move forward on this. So <clears throat> we, we ended up going, going to his house, and praise the Lord, it was just his dad who was home that day. And so we had a conversation with his dad. And a couple weeks later, he sends me a message that I'll never forget. He said, Ryan, thank you so much that you are willing to build a bridge that can bear the way to truth to call me, to be accountable for my actions, and it's because I know that you love me, so thank you for that. And the reality is, is that's why we need to do life together. There are times where I find myself saying, I don't want to do this. I don't want to have this conversation. I don't want to talk to that. I don't want to talk to that parent because they just frustrate me every single time. I've talked to them a hundred times, and I just don't want to. I don't want to engage in these things. I want to talk about great things and nothing but it, but when I find myself in those situations, I go, thank you, God, that I get to have these conversations. Because they're hard. But what it does is it pulls us in and it pulls us together as a community, as the body of Christ who's going to move forward and hopefully be utilized to build his kingdom. And so we find ourselves in these situations, in these life, uh, these seasons of life where it's difficult. And James is, is speaking to that. You know, I find in these times, the thing that I do is I have to pray, and I have to pray hard. I have to pray, and I have to pray hard. And usually in these seasons, it's easier to pray, because I know that I need God in a big way. And when we started this, we, we talked about sometimes in life, you just have to keep grinding. But today, 
I want to talk together about the seasons of life where grinding isn't getting it. Where we're grinding and it's just not getting it. And so today's message is just that. When grinding ain't getting it. When we're grinding in life and we're just going, you know, I'm grinding, I'm going after it, but I'm just, I'm not getting it. So what do we need to do? James speaks to that. And so let's jump back in. He says this, the prayer of faith. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. We have the formula right there for what we need to do in these times. You know, sometimes we need to look back. We need to just keep pushing forward. This is not a message to say, hey, stop moving forward. Stop grinding. But what do we do when we're saying, hey, I'm giving it everything that I've got, and I just, I just can't get over this one? You know, maybe for some of you, it's, it's you know, he ta- James talks about it. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's a physical sickness. Maybe for some of you, you know, you found yourself at a young age being diagnosed with, with some kind of, of disease or some kind of sickness. Maybe, you know, I, I've, I've had a lot of students who, who have, have found themselves dealing with diabetes, and they're like, man, I don't want this. Maybe it's a sickness that's just, it's something that's going to continue for the rest of your life. Maybe for some of you, you know, it's a diagnosis that a parent got, and you're just working through that. You just don't know what to do. Maybe it's a physical sickness. Maybe some, I mean, there, there are times where we, maybe this season you caught that horrible flu that was going on. And even though it was a week long, you're like, I don't want to suffer through this anymore. Maybe you're my wife and you got it twice this year. You know what I mean? Maybe it's a spiritual sickness. Maybe it's just that one thing that's right in front of you that's just like, man, I'm just trying with everything that I can. And I can't, I just, I just can't figure this one out. I'm trying as hard as I can, but I constantly fall. And what I think, you know, as, as I was reading commentary this week, this speaks a lot to the physical sickness. They say that as they look at it, James was speaking to physical sickness, something that plagued people, a physical sickness. Maybe back then it was maybe some bigger, crazier things like leprosy or this, this thing that, that Mike talked about in Luke th- this, uh, early this morning, um, I think it was called dipsy where you're bloated and just, you know, the craziness, blindness, whatever it is, physical sickness. But I think also this speaks to spiritual sickness. And while we may be walking through our lives, you might be saying, you know what, I'm healthy in my spirituality right now. You might also be saying, hey, Ryan, I I have a cold in my spirituality. It's just that thing that's kind of nagging and hanging. I can still go about my daily life, but my spiritual sickness is about a cold level. And maybe it's greater Maybe you're going, Ryan, my spiritual sickness is, 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 is just at a bad spot. It's beyond the flu. It's something that I've been dealing with for a long time. And so what James tells us, he goes, is anyone among you suffering? Or is anyone among you, is any of us this morning, are we suffering? I think if we took a poll, almost everybody could put their hand in the air. And if we're really honest, I think we would find that we are all putting our hands in the air, maybe from a physical sickness or a spiritual sickness. But what James tells us we need to do is we need to pray in those moments. And this is, he's going to go on a little bit and explain what that prayer looks like. But this is, this is not just a, you know, hey, God, help me feel better. Amen. Kind of a thing. Like this is a, 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 a real deep prayer. And then he goes on, he says, uh, is anyone cheerful? 
Is anyone cheerful? I think if we looked in our lives, we could all agree that we're cheerful as well. Even though we might be suffering, there are some things in our lives that we can identify that are creating a cheerful spirit within us. The great things, I think when we really step back, we can say, man, there's some bad things. But when I step back, I see that there are some things in my life to be cheerful about. I've got a family that loves me. I'm getting better grades than I thought I would at this point. I mean, here's the thing. A lot of the times, we don't have to look very far to identify something that's creating some cheer in our life, even if it's just that much. And that's what it is. Identify those things in your life that create a joyful, a cheerful attitude. And then what did James say? He says, let them sing praise. This is another type of prayer. When we sing out in, in here, when the words are up on the screen and the band is playing and we're singing, it is a type of prayer that we're offering up to God. And it can be both. It can be a prayer of suffering, and it can be a prayer of cheer. So he says, so sing out. He says, sing, let him sing in praise. And then he goes, is anyone among you sick? So these, this is the type of sickness that you go, you know what? I'm grinding, I'm getting after it, and I just can't figure it out on my own. So he gives us the solution. And so here's what I, what I need to let you guys know. This is not a magical formula. This is not a, hey, instant cure-all. This is not a, hey, if you follow these nine easy steps, you will get what you want in the end. It's not what that is. It's saying, hey, follow these steps, and along the way, God will show you where he's taking you, and you continue to pray and say, hey, God, where you're taking me, allow me to be okay with that one. So it's for those of you who are sick, let him call the elders of the church. So the elders, are the, it's, 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 it's a, a biblical word for pastors, okay, for the pastors of the church. It says, let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And so what you need to understand from this is, like I said, this is not a magical formula, but this is, what this is saying is there are some times in my life where the, the suffering and the sickness is so great, I don't have the strength to continue to, to cry out. I need somebody else to pray over me. We had a gentleman this week who walked in, never met the man in my life, and um, one, of the, one of the ladies in the office comes down to my office. She said, hey, Ryan, are you available for a couple minutes? This gentleman walked in, and he needs prayer, prayer, prayer this morning. So I said, okay, yeah. And she goes, he just so happens um, to be a, a minister from another church. And she goes, I always find it interesting when a pastor from another church walks into a church and says, I need prayer. And so I was like, man, that's, that's great. So we walked down, and, and Pastor Dale um, was, was the other pastor here. All the others were out. And I find myself sitting in the, in the, in the sanctuary um, with these two men, and he goes, I just need some prayer. There's some things in my life that are just not right. Um, I'm dealing with some temptations, and sometimes they beat me, and I just need prayer. And at that moment, I believe that he was living out this section of James. He said, I've been trying, I've been praying, I've been going out, I've been grinding, and it's just not getting it. And I need the body. I need someone who is spiritually mature to come beside me and pray for me and give it up to God because I've tried so hard. I'm worn out. I'm tired. I don't know that I can do this on my own, and I need some help. He says this, in the prayer of faith, will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed, for, if, if, if he has committed sins, he will be for, forgiven. And so what we need to understand is he will be healed 
and he'll be raised up does not guarantee that, hey, my dad who has, who has that really bad form of cancer, it doesn't guarantee that, that God will raise him up in the way that we see it is needed. Maybe it's, hey, my mom, you know, found herself with a disability. It doesn't mean, it's not a guarantee that God is going to deliver it in the way that we want him to. But what he does promise is that God will fulfill his plan and his promise, and he will deliver the situation in the way that he sees best fit. But the thing that we need to focus on is what James wraps up there at the end. He says, in the prayer of faith, will save the one who is sick, that the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Because here's the thing. God cares deeply. He cares deeply about our physical needs, about our physical difficulty, about our physical sickness. But in an even greater way, he cares even more deeply about our spiritual lives, about our soul. Because what God can do is he can see beyond time and he can see beyond our life and he can see into eternity and he understands that eternity is much greater than this small, short amount of time that we have here. And so he cares deeply about our physical bodies. He, de- he cares deeply about that. But even more, he cares so much about our souls. And so what James is saying is, He's going to raise us up in his own way. But what he will do is he will forgive our sins. And we know what those are. We know what that needs to look like. We, if, 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 our, if we have a relationship with Jesus, when we find ourselves in a lifestyle or in a place where we go, you know what? I've been blowing it. I need to go to God. I need to seek forgiveness. We don't fully grasp what that forgiveness looks like. But our, our idea of forgiveness runs in the same vein as God's. We can know what that potentially looks like when God fulfills that promise. We may not know what a physical healing looks like or what it looks like to be raised up, but when we can fully experience the grace of God, we can step into and understand what real forgiveness looks like in God's eyes. And so he promises us that. And so there, verse 16, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not, a great, I'm not great at grammar, or, or vocabulary, but here's what I know. When I see the word therefore, it tells me, hey, when I follow, when I, when I, this is what I need to do. Here's what, ha- what happens before the therefore. It's some of the things that I need to do, where I need to get, and the therefore shows me how I get where I need to be. So verse 16 says, therefore. So listen, listen carefully, because this is what we need to do. 16, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. And this is what we need. This is what we need more right now than just about anything else that I can think of, and that is accountability. We need to have people in our lives that we can go to and we can say, hey, I just want to let you know that I love you, but the lifestyle that you live in, not good. We need people that we can go to and we can say, hey, you love me, right? Yes, I do love you. So I got something that it's going to be hard for me to say, but I need to say it because it's just, it's what God's called me to do. I need to point out some things in my life so that you can keep me accountable. I need to point some things out in your life that I'm observing that's going to keep 
you and me accountable. We need accountability. This is why, this is, this is one of the biggest reasons why we push you guys to be a part of a small group. This is why we push you to be engaged with other students who are your age and two, one or two adults who say, hey, I love students and I want to help them navigate through high school. Because things, came, things come up and difficult situations happen and you find yourself saying, well, I'm, I'm, I'm deciding between this or this and I don't know what to do. Or, hey, I've found myself in this position and I need help. Hey, I've made a hard decision to live this way and now I need you guys to walk beside me as I fulfill the promise that I've made to follow Jesus. I'm going to need your help as I limit my relationships because I know that a lot of my friends are not the people that I should be engaging with. And so I need you guys, I need my small group, I need you guys to step up in my life to keep me accountable for that and to encourage me and then to pray for me. I think so often we, we, we know that prayer is powerful. I find myself in this season of life often where I don't really truly value what prayer has the potential of doing. You know, in my, in my small group with the freshman guys, every week at the end of, the, at the, end of the, the, the time that we have together, it's like, hey, how can we pray for you guys? We go around the circle, and, and not, to, not to minimize prayers, but a lot of the times I find, you know, and this, is, this, this can be with seniors as well. This can be with adults as well. This can be with me as well. As we say, smaller things. Say, I got a test coming up this week, and I'm not quite sure about it, or, you know, we, I got a game this week, and the guy that I'm going to be matched up again, he's like 100 feet tall. He's probably going to destroy me. But the thing I love is when, in a brief moment, someone is vulnerable. And they do just this. It's they, they confess their sins to one another. And then that might not be, hey, guys, this is what I'm directly dealing with, but it's a real thing. Hey, I am struggling with this thing or this set of things, and I don't know what to do. You know, when we pray, I'll never forget it. I was um, <clears throat> talking to Brand Brandon, uh, my buddy. I was talking to him a couple years ago, and he, was, he has a son who's in uh, seventh grade now. And he said every day he'd take his son to school. So he'd pull up to the school, and in the last five minutes of the ride, he'd always look over and say, hey, Sam, how can I pray for you, buddy? And Sam would say, well, I got a test today, Dad, so you can pray for that. So he'd pray for that. And then the next day, hey, Sam, how can I pray for you today, buddy? He goes, well, you know, I've, uh, you know there's, there's this teacher I don't like, and I'd like to make sure that my, my mouth doesn't get loose with her. He goes, okay, so he prays for that. He goes about this for a few days, and it's those kind of things. And then one day comes, he goes, hey, Sam, how can I pray for you today, buddy? And Sam goes, you know what, Dad, I don't know that there's really anything that I need prayer for today. I think we find ourselves in these positions a lot. And what Brandon helped me identify in Sam and hopefully us is he goes, hey, Sam, just so you know, like, I love you. You're my son. I love you. But when you say, I don't have anything to pray about, essentially what that is saying is, hey, I have no need for God in my life right now. That's a scary place for us to be. It's a scary place for us to be when we say, hey, you know what? I don't know that there's any prayer requests. I've got no need for God in my life right now. I'm, I'm, I got this one, and I'm doing pretty good in that. I think when we really step back, we quickly understand that there is an incredible need for God in our and so that's what James is telling us to do. He goes, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. Physically, when you're sick, seek God. When your friends are sick, seek God on their behalf and say, God, man, please deliver him, deliver her from this. 
says, do it that they may be healed. And then he, then he points to this guy named Elijah. He says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So keep at it. Continue to pray. When you're grinding, how many times do we find ourselves in a season of grinding where we're trying to take it all on ourselves and say, I'm going to do this on my own. And quickly we realize, man, this isn't enough. This is not working. When grinding isn't working, when grinding ain't working, what do we do? James says you got to pray. you got to lean into accountability. He says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Man, I love that. I think so many times we can look into God's word and we can see these, these men and these women that we go, man, they were something special. The apostle Paul, he wrote the majority of the New Testament. We can look to a man like that and be like, he is on a whole new level other than me. We can look to, we can look to Peter and be like, man, he was a fool before, but once Jesus left, he really devoted his life to Jesus. We can look at these, these people, these, these prophets. We can look at Elijah and we can at Elisha. We can, look at, we can look at Joseph. We can look at Esther. We can look at Ruth. We can look all throughout the Bible, Moses. And we can find ourselves saying, man, they, you know, I'm here. They're standing there and God's up there, but they're on a higher level than us. But what James is, is reiterating, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. There is no difference from those people than us. There is no difference between the person to the right of you and to the left of you in our nature. There is no difference between you and myself or your small group leaders or your parents or Pastor Mike or anyone because our nature is just the same. But the thing about Elijah was this. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on earth. And so the difference maybe between him and us is what we understand is what his prayer life looked like. It says he prayed fervently. I don't ever use that word in my, in my natural vocabulary. It's not something, but here's what I know. I know what it means, and it means dude did it a lot. Like it was one of the things that he did the most. He was fervent with his prayer. I might be fervent with my naps, but like that's about it fervently that it would not rain. For three years and six months, it did not rain on earth. And then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Prayer is key. Communal prayer is key. Confessing your sins to one another is key. Praying for one another is key. It comes down to prayer, and it comes down to prayer surrounded in community. He says this, as he wraps up. The mirror wraps up like this. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. James wraps it up here. He goes, it's about our spiritual walk. It's about our spiritual perseverance as we're pursuing Jesus. So he says, hey, this community that you're going to be a part of, this community that you're engaging with, what you need to do 
need to pray for one another. And when you see a friend, when a friend comes and says, hey, this is going on, or from, a, from afar, you observe a relationship, and you go, you know what? I know that they made a decision to follow Jesus. I know what, they're, what, what, what internally they really want to do, but they're just not quite doing it. They're wandering away from Jesus. He says, my brothers, if any among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will, be, will save his soul from death, will cover a multitude of sins. How many people in your life do you have that are going to see you wandering away from Jesus and they're going to hold on, hold on, come on, come on. Hey, you got to come back here. Let's go. Come on, let's point. Let's go back to Jesus. I'm going to walk beside you. Hey, talk to me. What's going on in your life? I see you, you gaining distance from Jesus, but I don't know really what it is. Hey, talk to me. Confess your sins to one another. Hey, man, let's, let's, let's do this. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You don't want to be there. I know you don't. You don't want to be there. I know it looks appealing. I know that it's, it's yeah, but come on, let's go. Come on, we're going to Jesus. How many people in your life do you have that'll, that'll do that, that love you enough, that will do that for you? And life is tough. It's downright hard. But how many of you have somebody or more than one somebody who's going to say, no, let's go. Come on. Let's go. I love you too much to watch you walk that way. And you walk beside me. You know what? And you say, as we do this, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to continue at it so that we can see God moving in your life. And then you're walking together, and there comes a moment where you go, well, what's that? And you start to wander, and they go, no, 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 no. You got to come on. Let's go. Let's go. How many of you have friends that you know that aren't here this morning because maybe the decisions that they made last night or this weekend, they're not here? Next week, don't, don't let that seat be empty. Be like, hey, no, you got to get here. Let's go. I love you too much to watch you walk down that road. How many of you find yourself on that road and you're going, man, I'm, I'm walking here and I, I just don't have it in me to turn back on my own. That's where you need to walk up to somebody, a small group leader, somebody you love, and you need to say, hey, here's where I'm at. Help me get back there. I can't keep this up on my own. I've been grinding so much, it's just not working. I need something more. I need you to walk beside me. I need you to help me point to Jesus. James promises, he goes, if they wander from the truth and someone brings them back, let him know. Let him know. Let you guys, guys, you need to know this. You need to know this. Listen up. If you don't hear anything else, listen to this. That's what James is saying. Let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from, him, from his wandering will save his soul from death. Not save him, his soul from two or three years of bad choices. Not save his soul from, you know, just just making poor decisions along the way. No, no, no. This is life and death. It's not physical. It's a spiritual life or death. Save his soul from death and will, be co and will cover a multitude of sins. James puts it out there. This is what we need to do. We need to grow together. We need to have people in our lives. We need to confess our sins to one another. There's a couple guys in my life that I have given access to my life. I say, ask the questions and ask the hard questions and then demand of me that I am honest. 
A couple of those guys are in this room. And I could not do life without them. Because I could probably find myself without them wandering and not really being able to, to turn myself. Sometimes we rely too much on ourselves, by ourselves. So who are those people in your life? We're going to turn you and say, hey, come on, talk to me. I don't need intimate details. I just want to know how I can keep you accountable. Okay, you have trouble with lying with your parents? Good. I don't need details around the situation, but I know how to pray for you. I'm going to ask you, hey, how's your honesty with your parents? Hey, you're dealing with that. You're looking at those things online. I don't need to know details about it. I just need to know what it is, the, alter, the, 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 the overlying issue, and then I can pray for you, and I can say, hey, are you checking those things out? What's that? You, you probably, yeah. She doesn't love Jesus. He doesn't love Jesus. Yeah, you, you're, you shouldn't be dating them. I'm going to keep you accountable for that. I don't need to know details, but I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that for you. What? what? You did what on Friday night? You found yourself doing what? You're smoking what? You're drinking what? You know what? I don't need the details. I know how to keep you accountable. Yep, I'm just going to keep you accountable. Hey, what is that like in your life? I now know what it is, and so now I'm going to keep you accountable. So let's walk together. Come on, let's go. Let's walk together, and let's pray. I'm going to pray for you right now. Let's pray. Let's go about life together. And then the other side of it is, maybe you need to go, hey, I, hey, man, I love you. I need to have a conversation with you. I need to, need, to, I need, to, need to let something off my chest that I need you to keep me accountable for. Hey, I'm, I'm dealing with these, these, these thoughts, and I don't know where they're coming from, and it puts me in a state where I'm just, I'm just in a funk, and I can't, I need to, I need to, I need to do that. I need to give this. I, not, not, I'm not giving it to you. I'm asking for your help in that. Can you help me in this? I'm, I'm trying, I'm grinding, but it's just not working. I'm, I need your help. Be that friend that's willing to take that and give that to a friend. Have the relationship that can bear the weight of truth. Develop the kind of relationship where your friends can say, hey, I can come to you, and I know you're going to love me and care for me through this, but you're going to point me in the direction of Jesus. You're not going to allow me to continue in my ways because it will it will cover a multitude of sins and it will save our souls from death. That's why it's so important. Doing life alone is deadly. It's deadly. And that's what Satan wants from us. So come alongside one another. Confess your sins. Pray for one another. Knowing that the grace of God is big enough for all of it. Father God, we thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you how it convicts my heart. I thank you for the promises that you've laid out in your word that we can lean on. God, I pray that you would put people in my life, continue to put them in my life. I pray that you would put me in the lives of other people, and I pray that our students would be able to connect with other people as well through their small group, with other believers, maybe it's a person that's sitting beside them or a person sitting three rows back that they're going, man, I need, to, I need to bring them into my life. God, 
embolden us to ask hard questions to our friends, embolden us to be vulnerable with our friends, to confess our sins, to say, I need to, I need to be rid of this sin. And Father, allow all of us in those conversations, whether we're one speaking or listening, allow us to say, hey, let's go. We're going to walk through this together. We're going to walk through life together. We're going to walk towards Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for your love. We thank you for the grace that you offer. We thank you that you come after us where we're at, regardless of where we are, that you will do what it takes, that you have done what it takes to come after us, to show the love that you have for us, that you overcame sin and death, that we can experience not spiritual sickness, but spiritual life. God, we're grateful for that. In your name we pray. Amen.